You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. Charlotte defeats UTEP 66-53. The Miners are now 8-8 overall. They're 1-3 in Conference USA play. And uh, it was an interesting game because five different Charlotte players were in double figures in this game. The first half, I really liked what the Miners uh, gave the uh, the, the 49ers in the final 10 minutes of the first half. They they showed some life. They had a lot of juice to them. Jamal Biennemi finished the first half with 17 of his 21 points but in the second half everybody cooled off I mean no one could hit a shot for the Miners it was tough for them and Joe Golding talked about this earlier this week he wanted consistency last Saturday you saw a team rally back after losing and and pretty much being blasted against La Tech at home but they rallied back and had a dominant victory against Southern Miss uh, in which I thought the Miners had a lot to build on in that win but they kind of take a step back in this one consistency is not there with this team unfortunately and whether it be the shooting whether it be the defense whether it be the transition defense uh, whether it be the turnovers it just wasn't there tonight for the Miners and somebody like Sule Boom has been struggling for weeks now for this Miners squad uh, I, I really like what they have in the post in Titus Verhoeven but you're just not getting a lot of offensive production from guys like him and you with it, without guys like Keontae Kennedy this minor team really struggles to score in uh, in longer stretches so that's where we start on here today here on Minor Talk. Our phone number is 915 5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to today. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Contact the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your insurance needs, including home, auto, life, or even business insurance. You can get started today. Oscar Arieta Agency. Dot com. Sal Montes, Angel Munoz in the studios today, and Sal back after uh, missing Saturday. We're so happy to have you back, Sal. And uh, first off, this game for the Miners, it was a tough one for them to you know to mm-hmm. uh, really string uh, string off any kind of momentum. But second off. I worry about this team when it comes to playing on the road in Conference USA. Yeah. They're young. They're trying to build on the foundation with Joe Golding. And I don't know what, what we'll see from the Miners on the road this year. Yeah, it's it's all about doing the little things right. You know what I mean? And and one of the biggest things that popped out to my mind, and we just heard it right now on the postgame show, the uh, Hunt Company's locker room report, uh, Coach Golding says uh, said they didn't win any of those, uh, those 50-50 plays. You know what I mean? Those hustle plays. And that's really the, um, the mindset that 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 this team has to adopt, which is go out there and make the plays that um, most players are scared to make. You know what I mean? Put yourself um, in a position where nobody else will to do that dirty work. You know, I always use that analogy, that dirty work kind of play, and uh, just really didn't come to fruition it wasn't there. in this game. But if, if we can be honest, Adrian, kind of dating back, uh, let's scrap away the game against Southern Miss that they won 87-54. Um, dating back all the way to the last time uh, Keontae Kennedy played, they really haven't had those hustle, those gritty types of plays go in their favor. Even if they tried and were in position to to try and make that play, they've just been out hustled uh, pretty much these um, this recent stretch. 
No, they really have. You look back to the Sun Bowl Invitational. They shouldn't have lost that game to Bradley, Bradley when they lost yeah. 73-66. to uh, That game against UAB, sure, it's, it's excusable. UAB is one of the best teams in Conference USA, so you'll chalk that on one away. Road. And yeah. it's on the road, 75-62. But you look at that game against La Tech, the way that they were dominated at home, and then the way that they, you know, hey, they bounced back in a big way. They, they dominated Southern Miss on the other end. They beat them 87-54 just last Saturday. And everybody that I spoke with this week, Titus Verhoeven, Jarrell Satterfield, Sule Boom, Joe Golding, everybody talked about building on the momentum they had in the win against Southern Miss. Now where are the Miners? They take a step back. They, they are not um, at the point where they can rely on being consistent because they lack that right now. They don't have players who can score on the road. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, and I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm just trying to uh, show where, where this team can get better. It's Jarrell Satterfield. He's at home. He's electric. He's hidden every mm-hmm. shot. He's uh, not afraid to shoot from the perimeter. And tonight, five points on two of se- seven shooting right here with three fouls and two rebounds. You, he sometimes got lost in the shuffle among mm-hmm. all the players out there. And Jarrell Satterfield, he's the kind of guy where everybody has the confidence in him to make the shot. He just needs to have that confidence within himself. But I really like what you said, Sal. I think with this team, it's about the grit. It's about the energy and the intensity. When they are bringing it on the offensive side, forget the offense. Forget the 34% shooting from the floor and the 28% shooting from beyond the arc. When you can't lock down defensively and when you're letting uh, Charlotte get by you that easily yeah. and have five players score in double figures, that means that you know, you're know you not locking down defensively and you're not doing your job uh, on the defensive side, which this team prides itself on. Yeah, and as ugly as this game got, you know, down the stretch, UTEP played in a way where they they were within, you know what I mean, a, a certain reach. I don't want to say it was right there for them, but they, they let Charlotte play ugly enough to where, hey, if UTEP gets on a run, they're able to, you know, mark, get that deficit down and, you know, hopefully be able to, to make a couple plays, and it's a totally brand-new ball game. And they've done that in a lot of games that they've lost this year. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, those hustle plays, those extra 50-50 plays, Charlotte was able to kind of keep UTEP at bay because – they were able to win those plays. And in addition to that, anytime the Miners scored, Charlotte pretty much had an answer right back for them on that next bucket or they would go on a you know, 4-2, 6-2 run, something of that nature. So Charlotte really just able to keep a, a UTEP at a distance by staying two, three steps ahead pretty much all game. Yeah, and it's interesting, right, because Charlotte had not played a basketball game since late December. I think you have to look back to, I think it was December 21st or 22nd when the 49ers last played a basketball game. This was their first game in Conference USA play. They've only played 12 games up to this point. This was their first game of the new year, and it's because of COVID issues within the Charlotte program. And they looked really refreshed today. They looked excited, energetic. So maybe that has to do uh, with with, uh, the way that they were able to be dominant tonight against the Miners. Maybe they were just so eager to finally get back on the court that they just uh, did everything that they could to actually win this game and dominate as as well as they could. And you know what, too, Adrian, before that, that hold off um so to speak i'm gonna reel off these games to you just, just to kind of okay. show you where charlotte was at although it was like a 22 day <laughs> difference between today and december 22nd let me know what the math is on that if you have it but um either way though i'm gonna reel this back off to you okay so utep gets the win uh charlotte gets the win over utep rather 66 53 but right before that 
they're two points shy of the century mark. They scored 98 against um, WC, I believe that's Western Carolina. That Yeah, that sounds right. And then right before that against Maryland Eastern Shore, they dropped 70 in a 70-54 to 54 win. And then right before that, Adrian, they drop one to Wake, but it's an 82-79 game, three-point game. And then just before that, they defeat Valpo 68 to 67 so they were kind of hitting their stride finding some some form of you know I guess consistent or respectable hoops only losing one game in that stretch uh and albeit to a powerhouse Wake Forest right so they go into this game riding the momentum over sure 20 plus days but I mean it speaks for itself when you kind of look at what led up to this uh, this win against UTEP. Yeah, it does. And this team is a good team. I, I, I really like Charlotte. And uh, Ken Palm actually ranked Charlotte as 190, which I, I find very surprising right there. Uh, they felt like they didn't. Uh, and by the way, Ken Palm, if you're a first-time listener for Minor Talk, that's advanced analytics for college basketball. Usually gets things right. UTEP right now is ranked 181 in Ken Palm. And uh, just, for, you know, just for reference, uh, a team like Kansas, who beat the Miners earlier this year, 78 to 52. They're ranked eighth in Ken Palm. UAB is ranked 43rd in Ken Palm, but Charlotte's 190 in Ken uh, by Ken Palm. And I think that's more of a product of teams they played. Uh, their best win against a you know a top I don't know 150 opponent was actually Monmouth in their fir- their opening win, 68 to 66. But hey, the 49ers right now they're eight and five. They're a good team in this league. I like Ron Sanchez as a, a, a coach for the 49ers. I think he's a, a rising young head coach in the college basketball ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, hey, we know Jameer Young. That's a very familiar name to us because Jameer Young, it seems like every time he plays against the Miners, he's just crushing it. Tonight, 17 points, 11 total rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover, 1 steal in 35 minutes of action. What a stat line right there for Charlotte's leader. Yeah, Jameer Young putting it up, one of five players that were able to crack double digits today, but he does it in a in a way where although he was four for ten, so if people want to go real on stats, yeah, forty percent. But when you get to the line uh, nine times and you're able to knock down seven of those, those are additional points, obviously, that help out the team, but it keeps UTEP at a distance, or whoever they're playing tonight, UTEP. Um it, it really keeps them at a distance. But another guy that I was really impressed with was uh Jackson uh, Threadgill. You know, yeah. 15 points. Newcomer, I guess. Second leading scorer right there, six for nine. A guy who was able to put it in um, on possessions, really, essentially, where Jameer Young didn't put it in. So uh, they have that, that double headed monster right there. But then other guys, Austin Butler, Robert Broswell, and um, Musa Jallo. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, all those guys also reel in um, at least 10 points or more. So uh, they were able to get it done aside from their two uh, top two leading scorers. 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into Minor Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and 600 ESPN El Paso.com where you can check out the recap after this game and after the broadcast. A lot of tweets to get to. I think a lot of people uh, checked out of this game in the second half. Uh, they were pretty disappointed. There's also a women's basketball game going on right now. We'll update you with the score of that game in just a little bit. Uh, but let's get to some tweets and we'll react to some of these. Uh, this one coming from Kevin at Sleepy Kevin. Five, am I the only one who thinks this team is very far away from competing? I understand the injuries, but still, 
Golding might need to switch up this entire roster. Hashtag minor talk. Um, interesting point right here. Let's let's break this down. For the first one, is this team is this team very far away from competing? No, no, they're not, Kevin. They're just far away from being consistent on a night to night basis. I I think, and maybe you maybe far is uh, the wrong word in that. Maybe they're just not there yet. They need to still get to to where they can be consistent on a nightly basis. I think that's a product of missing two guards. Like Keontae Kennedy and Christian Agnew, um, I, I think that's at least my opinion right there. What do you think to that first line where he said, "Am I the only one who thinks this team is very far away from competing?" Uh, from competing, no. Winning, maybe. Uh, I, I think there you go. I, that's a great. They, that's a great breakdown. They, they can go hand in hand, but they're not necessarily the same thing. Of course, you got to compete to win, but even when you give it your best, you, you can still fall short, right? But I think the way that UTEP is able to make the game. A little bit ugly for other teams, albeit in losses. I understand that. Um, that's a small step in the right direction. But then after you do that, after you're able to hold a team to a less um, field goal percentage than their average or lower points than they normally average, what are you doing on your end to put points on the board? Yeah, you're making it ugly for them, but who's winning those 50-50 plays? Who's more aggressive and getting to the line more? Who's deflecting more passes? Who's taking advantage of of those plays that are up for grasp? So I think that's where UTEP really has to figure things out because offensively, we just know that it's not there for this team. And I think it's kind of like that, that Vegas effect. And what I mean by that is you go to Vegas, put some money in a slot machine. Oh, man, you almost had all three of the same symbols. It got stuck right there between one symbol and the other. I equate that to when... They put up a shot, it rims in and out. So then they want to try that shot again because it might have been a good look, but this time, this team is closing in on you, and that is no longer a good look. You see that same look down the road? Guess what? Rims in and out. So they got to figure out a way to be more efficient on offense. That's what it's going to come down to because I think their last five games or or maybe three to five games, it's something like 36 attempts from the line, and that's not who this team is. They're supposed to get to the line, especially when your shots are not falling. If you can't make them from from any type of field goal, try to get it from the free throw line. they got to figure that portion out. Get those easy points. Let's break down what you said a little bit further because you bring up some good points, and I'll bring you some numbers. Yeah. Uh, UTEP has shot less than 40% from the floor seven different times this season. And I, I would love to know – I'll do some digging on that number uh, after this game, and you know, I'll, pro- I'll probably include this in my recap. But I bet you those seven times that UTEP has lost uh, – I mean, those, those seven times UTEP has shot under 40%. They probably lost most of those. Maybe they've uh, reeled off one or two wins while shooting less than forty percent from the floor. But I mean, look to look at today. It's a tale of two halves offensively. Forty-one percent from the floor in the first half, then twenty-seven. It dips all the way down to twenty-seven percent in the second half from the floor shooting. And then you look from uh, from beyond the arc. They're not much better at all. I mean, six for twenty-one throughout the game. Twenty-eight percent from three-point range. They shoot three of twelve in the first half. So just 25 percent uh from uh three-point range but i love the fact let, let me go back to one of your other points sal i love the fact that you brought up th- uh, this team is not attacking the f- the you know the, it, the interior the cup, yeah. yeah they're not attacking the cup at all uh like they should be doing because we know 
know Sule Boom can get to the free throw line, draw contact, and make his free throws. We know uh, guys like even Titus Verhoeven is experienced in drawing contact down low and getting to the free throw line. So you're just not seeing that from a lot of these guys. You're trying, you're seeing them really hit that mid-range shot, and I've been on this for a while now, and I'll continue to say it: the mid-range shot for the miners just isn't working. If you're going to sell out on the three ball, sure, go ahead, sell out on the three all day long. If you're going to go inside the paint, well, sure, that's even better. Yeah. Feast in the paint. Try to get in there. Try to draw contact. But when they're taking these off-balance, uh, mid-range jumpers, those are the shots that we we come full circle and we say this team is just not efficient when it comes to shooting from the mid-range whatsoever. That's, that's where they fall uh, in terms of their offense. Yeah, and that's something that they desperately need because let's say that that becomes a respectable part, right? Well, then teams are going to start biting on that and you could either get fouled when you go up for the actual shot or pump it, then you know you draw the foul there or you get by him and get a, a bucket um, you know at the at the rim so it just really comes down to making the game easy for themselves i think another thing that would really help it out is just moving the ball and and not having the the opposition know where you're going to go with the ball because a lot of these shots it seems like by the time they put it up the other team's already closing in because they knew what was going to happen so I just really think they got to develop a little bit more or a lot more of a half-court type offense, especially if you're going to be putting up points within the 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Might as Low well scoring. Slow, might as well slow the game down and work for a better shot than than a good shot at that moment, and then it's no longer a good shot when you have uh, Threadgill or Khalifa closing in on you. Again, I am just I just maintain the fact that their their two point shooting is just not there. Did a quick search while you were talking, Sal. Yeah. Turns out UTEP is actually one of the worst teams in the nation in terms of two point shooting percentage. They're three hundred and thirty second in the country oh. in two point shooting percentage at forty three percent. Now that might sound okay, right? But you're also t- taking into consideration the entire team's field, uh, you know, two point field two goal point percentage, field goals, yeah. and that's just, that's just not the best where I mean that's not the best at all for the miners that's not where they need to be is there a breakdown on there of maybe mid-range uh, yeah, I, I'll look. I'll look up yeah. that because the mid-range shot just isn't falling whatsoever for the miners, and that mm-hmm. true that that like field goal percentage for them a little skewed based on what they get inside the paint. Uh, but bottom line, when we're talking when we're trying to break down this offense for the miners, they just don't have it in the mid-range. They just don't. They I, I would say my I, I would be the most confident in Jamal Bienemy scoring for this team as a score first guard than I would anybody else I, at this point okay. right now. I don't know what it is with guys like Sule Boom, who's a, a true scorer. I, I looked at his numbers over his career, and it, this is actually you know pretty alarming when you're looking at Sule Boom. He's averaging his career worst. And remember, Sule Boom came here from San Francisco when in the West Coast Conference he was an all-freshman guard over there. Well, Sule Boom, uh, his field goal percentage has dipped from last year. He shot nearly 40%, shot 38% from the floor. This year, he's attempting almost uh, a shot more, eight and a half attempts a game, but he's shooting just 34% from the floor. And then you look from three-point range, he's shooting 35% from three-point range compared to last year when he shot 39% from three-point range. And again, when we're talking about attempts, he's attempting more uh, more three-pointers this year at six, uh, six, you know, 6.6 versus last year at 5.5. 
Yeah, and this is a guy who's also putting up, if it's not the most amount of shots, it's the second most amount of shots. And, um, you know, only three of them fell tonight out of 15. That's that's an extremely low He's number. He's in a funk. Big time. And I think the issue with that, too, is that there's been a lot of funks this season. We've seen a lot of funks. Uh, he's been Sule. through a lot of, yeah, yeah of adversity this whole year. I mean, when, when he's on, he's on. But how many off games do you got to go through to get that on game? So I, I think affect the game in another way. Be be able to, to move the ball around or sell and attack at the cup. Um, but then even with that, though, Adrian, we look at the uh, the field goals, right? Three for 15, and he was two for seven from the on the arc. So he's one for eight when it comes to regular. Uh, two-point field goal attempts and I mean at what cost because yeah he made six free throws out of, out of six attempts but I mean that that's coming at, at the risk of going one for eight from regular two-point field goal attempts so it's it's kind of like pick your poison in this but for sure though Sule Boom, one of the offensive leaders, uh, definitely, definitely has to be more efficient from the floor or make some better decisions. I like when he gets to the free throw line because look at what he did today. He's, he's extremely far six from for the free six. throw line. Yeah. yeah, at the charity stripe, 14 points today, 3 of 15 from the floor. Hey, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get to a, a bunch of tweets here. We've got a ton to read off here on Minor Talk. Uh, stay with us. You can give us a call, 880-5763. We'll get to awards later on in the show. Our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game, thanks to our great friends at Keats Southwest. But first, let's take this time out. When we come back, more tweets to get to as Minor Talk rolls along right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. It's Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. I'm Adrian Bradis. He's Sal Montes, along with Angel Munoz. As we continue here on the show, Charlotte defeats UTEP 66-53. to If you want to talk about it, join us. Give us a call, 880-5763. We'll get you on and we'll talk about this game. Or you could tweet us, just like Daniel, who tweeted us, hashtag minor talk. This roster needs a change in the offseason. That's something that Kevin said as well, Sal. And uh, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with this. I think that at the end of the day, when you're talking about this team as it is right now, I feel like it's far from the bigger picture, right? And the bigger picture is get to the NCAA tournament, win a conference championship, and uh, and hang a banner. Go to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2010. It's been too long for this uh, traditioned and storied program uh, from for this NCAA tournament drought. And, hey, don't even get me started when it comes to winning a game in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Since 1992, we're talking yeah. about 30 years right now. Yeah, that's a very long time for sure. And, um, you know, back to the uh, the tweet that he was mentioning about the uh, the roster shakeup. I think whether people like it or not, that's going to happen with every single team. That's just the nature of, uh, of what college athletics is today. Um, but within that, though, I want to know what you all think those additions should be. You know, what what type of players are you looking for? What skill set? What, what should their... What area of the game do you want them to impact the most? Good question. You know, would it be maybe three-pointers? Is that something you really want to see the most? Maybe a more aggression in the paint, you know, more rebounding? Uh, you know, what is it that you all for, are looking for? Now, for me personally, I would probably say somebody who's efficient uh, from the floor night in and night out. You know what I mean? And, and when there's not a heavy amount of shots – 
there's other ways that this player is affecting the game. So if a guy is used to getting nine shots a game or ten shots a game, I don't know, let's just say that, um, but he's just not getting good looks and he's being doubled pretty much all day, all right, fine. How else can you impact that offense? Where else can you move the ball to? Are you going to set screens? Are you going to be around uh, the rim in case your teammate puts it up and it and it you know bounces off the rim? Can you get that extra board and give your team that extra possession? I, just, I guess, uh, matter of fact, if I have to pick one, I would say a ball hawk. You know what okay, I mean? Somebody, I get you. somebody yeah. who's a vacuum around the rim, somebody who has a nose for the basketball. That's what I want to see because you got to give your team the most chances to score, and I think that's something is uh, UTEP is really lacking right now. Great question that you pose, Sal. We'll pose it to our audience as well. What would you like to see from this uh, that this Miners team can add in the future in terms of you know better production just across the board? I would say I just want a bruiser. I want an F. FEODG on this team that could really bang down low, can hit low post jumpers, that can really be that guy to where you could play inside out. UTEP hasn't had an, uh, a forward who you could play inside out with. Um, you you could look at Bryson Williams, but I just think he was uh, you know a, a slasher. He was very cerebral. He kind of gave you it all. He could he could guard one through five. Yeah, that's not. A, I, I'm talking about somebody like FEODG, maybe like his freshman year where he was just scoring nonstop, and that's what the miners really. Need. That's I think that's what uh, could really help them inside, and, and I think for the Miners right now, you look at Titus Verhoeven four points tonight. He gives you a lot defensively. I don't want to I, I don't want people to miss that. He had two blocks today, and you know he he does a lot of things that don't end up on the stat sheet. But you need a true scorer down low. Zarek Onyema has really helped the Miners off the bench with six points today, and then he also finished with two total rebounds along with one assist and a block. Uh, Zarek Onyema has provided a great spark off the bench, but I'm talking about a pure uh, a pure score down low that UTEP can get a 6'10 guy who will give you a lot of size and can also maybe even stretch the floor. Uh, but we'll we'll pose this question to our audience as well, and we'll keep things moving. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number as we continue. Six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter at six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Let's go to Paul, who's joining us on the phone lines. Eight eight zero five seven six three. Good evening. Paul, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, great show. I agree with what you guys are talking about, consistency and the bad shooting. Uh, let me just start off by saying last spring during the tournament, I was watching Texas play Abilene Christian. Didn't know much about that team, but I love the way they play defense. I think it cost Texas to commit close to 20 turnovers, and that kind of reminded me of the style of Don Haskins, and I thought if we ever could get a coach, I would like a coach like like this. Wow! Coach. So you spoke into in a, uh, you spoke into existence, Paul. Yeah, I wasn't even sure of his name, but then when I found out we had an opening, that was my number one choice. When I heard he was one of the finalists, uh, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I still think he needs a couple of seasons to get maybe I don't know better better players in here. Uh, what I was going to mention. It's kind of frustrating to watch this team play. I think, like you, you guys said, consistency. Their worst shooting uh, game I've seen this year against Louisiana Tech. Sure. Then they followed up sun, uh, Saturday I was there against Southern Miss. They looked like they were clicking on all cylinders. So to see them go back down again tonight, uh, and it wasn't just a bad shooting. The defense gave up a lot of easy Buckets uh, in tennis is a thing called unforced errors. I think you can use that term in basketball too. Uh, turnovers, stepping on the line, 
uh, giving up uh, offensive rebound, that's like a turnover because you're giving the team another opportunity. So it's just they're too much up and down. What you were asking about, like what could they get in the future that would help them out, I agree they need a banger inside. But more than anything, what we haven't had in a long time here, we haven't had a really good true guard. Okay. You're, you're looking for a point guard. guard on this team, but they're more like shooting guards, I think. And, you know, and when they're hot, it's good, but when they're not, it's not good. I'm with you, Paul. I, I hear where you're coming from, and I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in and appreciate your opinions. I feel like what a lot of minor fans want is a Dominic artist. He, it's a guy who could just be the perfect facilitator. Like a Chris Paul, he can get players involved and make players better when guys need that kind of extra boost of whatever it is, motivation, anything it is. Uh, that That's the kind of true guard that they need, but I think Jamal Bienemy still is that guy. I'm going to side with Jamal Bienemy on this, so I'll disagree with Paul in that regard. I still, I still think Jamal Bienemy is a true point guard for this team. He just has to balance scoring and helping the minors in that category, and then also getting his other players involved. And he did a great job uh, with that against Southern Miss. He just has to continue to do it on a night-to-night basis. Jamal Enemy is a true point guard. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, one other point I want to get to Paul on this. Yeah, it's it's just year one. Again, with everything that we're saying right now about Joe Golding, this UTEP basketball team, it's year one. He's laying the foundations. Everything that we're talking about right now is with that expectation. And if you're talking about this uh, coach being successful with this staff and with this team, he's got to get better players moving forward. And uh, and I think he will be able to do that. I have faith in Joe Golding. I think he's going to be a good coach. Yeah, piece by piece, I think uh, with Coach Golding, he's going to attack you know whatever is on the task list uh, one at a time. But right now it just happens to be January. Conference play has already started. Number one priority is can you have your team um, ready to go against the opposition right now? I, I think with recruiting, that's going to come you know, down the road. But it, also, too, I think, uh, not to be sarcastic, but I'll, I'll take it back a little bit, with uh, one of the tweets where they kind of need to shake the team up. Well, right now the team is being shaken up. We don't know who's going to play from game to game. So there's that inconsistency factor as well. But... That's happening so often with this team that it's kind of like it's to be expected. You know what I mean? So when it comes to guys who haven't played as much and they're stepping on the floor, go out there as if you are that guy that you command and demand that respect. Show coach why you deserve those minutes that you're receiving. Sure, it could be because so-and-so isn't in due to injury or health protocols, but you're on the floor right there. Make that statement because all it takes is a solid run, you know what I mean, a solid series or two here or there, and your name can be called on a lot more. And in addition to that, when other guys come back into the rotation, um, that's another weapon that UTEP can throw out there, you know, at whatever point in in the game it is. So I think some of the guys can get it done, um, but also – are they playing on a consistent basis, um, whether health or injuries, whatever the case is? So th- there's a lot of factors going into it. Um, but needless to say, I'll cut it short right here. I think he'll be able to bring in some guys in the offseason to address some of the issues, not all, but we'll see. 
Let's go to uh, Twitter real quick. CK Milestone Photo has a series of tweets, and we'll try to read as many as we can right here, but he brings up some good points, and it kind of falls in line with what you were saying there, Sal. UTEP needs to play and pass more to Zarek Onyema. He's their best and true po- uh, post player that opens up the floor more and is physical underneath the basket. Just need more uh, Just need more playing time. This is my UTEP basketball thread. UTEP lacks a physical presence in the paint due to playing too many guards slash smaller lineups, but when they do have Maring, Verhoeven, or Onyema, they rarely get the ball and their offense doesn't incorporate their bigs. Instead, they shoot threes and vary inconsistently. UTEP basketball needs to include their bigs more on offense, less threes, and a motion offense that goes down low while having guards slash up to the basket. The offense right now is very robotic and at times shooting way more threes than they should. There needs to be more cuts to the basket as well as the guards or the players in position, or the ball needs to go and look and pass to wide open screen and rolls to the basket. For example, no one would pass or look to pass on a screen and roll in today's game. There needs to be more flow to UTEP's offense. More cuts, more screens, looking down low, less dribbling, drives to the basket, less threes, better passing, and always have at least a true post player in the game. UTEP basketball has talented players and a good offensive players. It's also about having a lineup with chemistry. I hope Coach Joe Golding figures out the best chemistry lineup. They should have the starting lineup at Emmanuel White at point guard, once healthy Christian Agnew at point guard, Sule Boom at guard, Jamal Biennemi at guard, Zarek Onyema at power forward, Titus Verhoeven at forward, or Keontae Kennedy at guard, guard once he's healthy. A lot of tweets there by CK Milestone Photo. I think he hits on some interesting points right there, but uh, one of my biggest takeaways is, hey, give a lot more minutes to Zarek Onyema. I know yeah. CK Milestone Photo is pointing out a lot of offensive mishaps, as we did earlier in the show, but at, at the same time, I, I'm a, with him. I think, like you mentioned, Sal, if you had your name called and you're one of these players, the one who I felt has really seized his opportunity is Zarek Onyema and he's somebody who last year could never get off the bench never had any playing time this year in practice not not there it when we're talking about in games brings a spark brings momentum and UTEP needs more of that they need more guys who can give you momentum off the bench but even with Zarek Onyema I'm going to be I'm going to hold him accountable and I'm going to also say this this guy has to be better when it comes to the defensive side and bringing that intensity and helping out with those 50-50 balls that head coach Joe Golding said UTEP just lost a lot of those yeah at the end of the day and that's the number one um, identity that this team wants to adopt right the defensive identity so that should be the priority for nearly everybody Um, but when I'm looking at the lineup that he threw out I I think we kind of see that lineup or we saw it early on as their go-to lineup the only difference is is a little bit of a tweak okay and I'll let me know if I'm right Um, so it's usually Sule, Jamal, and Keontae Kennedy, right? Your starting guards, your, your one through three, right. whatever order. And Titus Verhoeven is going to be there at the five. Now, the four has kind of been a toss-up. We don't really know who that four is yet. And in this case, uh, that would be Zurich Onyema. So let's let's just say guys are healthy and ready to go. How do you like the lineup of, uh, let's say, Jamal the enemy, one, Sule, two, Keontae, three, um, Zarek at the four and Titus at the five. I like it. 
I think that's good. I think that that's the same lineup they ran uh, with Kevin Kalu in place of uh, Kevin Kalu. I, I've been yeah. saying his name wrong. Crypto, Ke- yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin Kalu. Um, Kevin Kalu was in that place of Zarek Onyema, and I think that's the lineup that they kind of need to explore with. I, I think Kalu has been a little, uh, I don't know, He's he's gone through a little rough stretch right here. And it's it's a freshman thing. I think freshmen kind of hit a point where they start getting a little, I don't know, jaded maybe is, isn't the right word, but they're just not where they were uh, in terms of the the start of the season, and I, I think a lot of people love the upside with uh, Kalu in, mm-hmm. in this recent stretch, whether it be him or Bonky Maring, the the front court has really struggled to find depth beyond Titus Verhoeven, and uh, I don't know if having Jamari Sibley alongside Titus Verhoeven is the answer, or if having Alfred Hollins alongside Verhoeven is the answer, because those guys, you know, at times they, they just don't you know give it give you a lot of offensive production. Uh, we just lost ed sorry ed we were trying to get to you right now but if you uh give us a call back we'll get you right back on the show our phone number 880-5763 that's our telephone number as we continue 600 espn el paso on twitter at 600 espn el paso on twitter a uh, bunch of tweets to still get to tristan pence I'll try to stay optimistic here, but it's hard to be when you watch a game like this one. Onyema is really emerging as a solid post player. This team is really missing Keontae Kennedy. Without him, minor this minor team is just soft. Ugh, man. Um, next tweet. Adrian at Enemy Win 3. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. We were told we were a we were getting a good coach. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. We were told we were a good coach away from a competitive team, as if we were on the brink of a postseason tournament. It feels like we are far away from that possibility. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I, I don't know. I... I think we had said that I, I I think last year's team a lot of fans had said that this team was was just not coached I think they'd to the, seen enough at that point. Yeah. Maybe what was yeah. It, like the third or the fourth year under Yeah, the under under Rodney Terry. And I, I know that people always want to reference the Rodney Terry. I have been seeing a lot of hiring question marks today and people questioning the Joe Golding. I saw minor illustrated tweeting, uh, is it too late for Coach Jans? I mean, come on. I, I feel like again, a lot of people out there um, have this uh, this you know thought about this basketball team that they that it's a quick fix and if uh, Joe Golding came here and said it was a quick fix said said that they were going to win in year one which he did he said but then he dialed that back right away and he kind of set expectations right before the season started and said hey this this year is about building the chemistry building the foundation and then kind of getting ready for what's yeah. to come and I feel like they just don't have the players right now but hey Adrian you know you hold you hold us accountable for saying things. I'll say it. I'll say it. Um, We'll just have to see. We'll have to wait and see what happens with this coaching staff and with this program. Joe Chacon tweets the show, other than that one run to get it close, which was an 8-0 run, UTEP seemed to be flat to me. Charlotte seemed way more aggressive. Dumb fouls like the illegal screens take away the offensive possessions. Need to play smarter. On to the next one. Hashtag repping from Cali now. Hashtag Brock Brock is is my my OG. OG. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag picks up. Um, Joe uh, next one is Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Again, UTEP's shooting problem may come from the fact that they expend so much energy on defense. They just don't have the legs for a consistent shooting percentage. 
Eh, interesting take. I, I haven't heard that one before, Adrian, but interesting take right there. And then Adrian with one more. Coach Joe Golding said this team was the most talented team that he has ever coached. He said that he expects success fairly soon. He's, he just hasn't found the right chemistry yet. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I don't know when he said that this is the most talented team he's ever coached, but maybe he said that. I, I think Joe I, Golding says a lot of those. I think things. I heard something along the lines of that. I can't remember where I heard it. I won't. I won't. May, uh, I won't rebut that. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe if, a, even if he said that, maybe a pregame or a postgame, but uh, also at the end of the day. I mean, you, you can translate it to this is probably the best competition he's coached against as well. So, I mean, you gain something, but then so does uh, whoever you're going up against. So I can't remember specifically, but I, I think I heard something along the lines of that. Either way, though, it's still a challenge this year in year one. Hey, if Joe Golding said this team was the most talented team that he's ever coached, well, bottom line is he hasn't had most of this team the entire year. He's ha- had a lot of lineup changes. Le- they lead the na- the nation, not the conference, not conference. Conference USA, they lead the country, NCAA, in different lineups uh, per game. They had 12 different lineups. I believe it's 12 different lineups in 16 games, which is just crazy when you really think about it. Uh, another tweet to get to, it is uh, Jonathan Byers who, tweet is, who tweets us, I miss Keontae Kennedy. I think everybody misses yeah. Keontae Kennedy at this point right now, and I also think with uh, Keontae Kennedy, we don't we don't know when he's coming back. They keep saying week to week. Um, I've heard ev- anything from uh, he's got a bad foot injury, but we don't know. Nothing has been confirmed with this basketball team and Keontae Kennedy's injury. For the minors' sake, they just need him back. That's their second leading scorer, best perimeter defender, best defender overall, and hey, you called him the best player on this team. The best overall player for sure, and also... Uh Maybe I'm right. The number one minute logger, the guy who's on the floor, uh, who has, I guess, the most experience with any of his teammates. You know what I mean? Just in terms of being on the floor, uh, more so than any other UTEP minor. But, you know, that definitely calls for something when he's not out there on the floor. I mean, we talk about those 50-50 plays. UTEP gets a number of those if Keontae's on the floor. Whether he's responsible, you know what I mean, for actually getting the ball or, um, you know, being a distraction and having somebody else on him and another minor is in position to make that play. I mean, it's just hypothetical at that point. But for sure, though, do know that UTEP is missing Keontae, without a doubt. Our telephone number, 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. It's halftime right now out at the Haskins Center. Actually, third quarter action as Charlotte leads UTEP. UTEP 42-37 in women's basketball action right now. Miners coming back after a, a brief COVID break when uh, they had multiple positive cases within the UTEP program, but now they're back on the floor and trying to get a win against Charlotte while they're still depleted. They're still without uh, plenty of their players, so let's see what the Miners could do throughout the rest of this game. We'll keep people updated as this game continues, but we'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to hand out some awards. We're going to read some more tweets. We've got Still a lot to get to here on Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Charlotte defeated UTEP 66-53. If you'd like to talk about it, now's the time to do it. We'll be back right after this as you're listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis along with Angel Munoz. 
We all bring you Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency. A lot of tweets. Let's burn through them. Uh, let's go 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And while we're reading these tweets, if you'd like to get in, 8805763, that's our telephone number as we continue tonight here on Minor Talk. Eric Fournier tweets us. Ooh, this is a tough one. Please let me know what one thing this team does well. One thing. This is one. This is one of the softest UTEP teams that I've ever seen, and one of the toughest to watch in recent history. I think they they're good defensively. I'll I'll maintain that they're just not consistent at it. Again, I think they're they're they have strong points in a lot of different or er, in some different areas. I don't want to say a lot. I think in some different areas they have strong points. They're just not consistent I, on a night to night basis. I think they have more weak points than strong points. Oh yeah. But their yeah. strong point is what's gonna I guess keep the game within sort of a reach. You know what I mean? They're they're gonna make the other team play a really ugly game. It's just on the other side, UTEP's playing a way uglier game. You know what I mean? So they, they could be really, really good on defense, but then, you know, have a lapse here or there or just not be excelling in fast break points. So they're already at a disadvantage with the defense because that good defensive possession is basically wasted once that ball is moved in transition and that shot is blocked or it's a turnover, whatever the case is. Now when we talk about just getting a rebound, now you're looking at the offense trying to set up a play and run something smooth. So the the defense is just not really being helped out by other parts of the game and it's it's kind of being hung out to dry so to speak but i mean these are the same guys on defense that are going over on offense so uh, it's a mystery Charlotte, uh, UTEP forced 17 sh- turnovers against Charlotte today, so I-, I feel like forcing turnovers is another thing they do well. Um, and then another okay. thing with the Miners, they had 16 turnovers tonight. That is that is uh, un- really unacceptable for a Joe Golding squad who wants to be very uh, disciplined when it comes to the ball. Charlotte capitalized with 19 points off those 16 turnovers. Back to Twitter, Jonathan Byers. I think they can still build on that momentum from the Southern Miss game. Just have to go back to what we did right against Southern Miss, which was pass the ball and take good shots. That's a pretty good breakdown right there, actually, Jonathan. I I, I agree. I think that uh, you saw when UTEP shared the ball in that Southern Miss game, they had a lot more success uh, than when they didn't and like they did tonight. Mike Cuviello, who is uh, blowing us up on Twitter right now, he says this, Sule Boom seems out of sorts when he is not sc- the scoring focus this year. Pinky tweets the show, but the other guys are passing up good shots to get Boom the ball. You just got to make shots. Uh, Mike Cuviello follows it up by saying, it's crazy how his shooting has regressed this year. He is shooting the lowest field goal percentage of his career. Yep, yeah, I, I know and, that. And, and you know what, too, Agent? I I kind of want to go back a little bit to Jonathan Byers' tweet, and then we'll, you know what I mean, we'll kind of move along with more tweets. But um, with that, I mean, yeah, they did move the ball and got good shots, but also it was 27 three-pointers. The difference is they were able to make those three-pointers. You know what I mean? You look at tonight, they shoot 21 three-pointers, so it's less. But, of course, they make nine less uh, along with shooting, um, uh, what is it? They shoot nine less, so to speak. What is the math right there? Six less, and then they they make nine less. You know what I mean? So there right there is already an inefficiency on the floor. And then uh, with Sule Boom, and we're going to connect it with Mike Cuviello's tweet, 
uh, right here, uh, goes one for six in the last game, you know what I mean, from beyond the arc. So, yeah, UTEP has a team shot better, uh, but the guy who's your volume shooter just really has not produced within this recent stretch. And he has it in him. That's that's without a doubt. He has that. Uh, but just has to show up if he's going to be putting up a large number of threes every night. Um, Jonathan Byers follows it up by saying, how about Jamari Sibley having zero points in the game? That's a problem. Uh, one more tweet or another tweet to get to. It's this guy at Sad UTEP fan. <laughs> oh man, we need someone in the dang middle. Yeah, I, I hear you. This is this is uh, Hunter who's tweeting the show. Stop saying that they need players like artists who are average on average teams. They need a legit big man. The offense centers around that. They got they get. They get that, and everything else will fall into place. It'll free up the guards. Shots will fall, if anything. A Philly Rivera type. A great point there, Hunter, about Philly Rivera. Um, I think, yeah, they need a legit big man. They do need somebody who gets uh, who gets down low, who bangs down low. And, uh, yeah, maybe it's not necessarily a Dominic artist. I'm saying fans want a Dominic artist. Fans are searching for that uh, with the Miners. And I think they have a point guard right now with Jamal Biennemi. I'm still defending Jamal Biennemi, but I, I feel like every fan out there kind of yeah. wishes that they had a point guard li- who resembled somebody like Dominic Artis. While we're at it, why can't uh, UTEP get a guy like Tim Hardaway? You know there what you I mean? Get, get somebody <laughs> like Julian Stone. <laughs> well, no, nah, I'm being sarcastic, but uh, I mean it. It's just we want to know what do you all think uh, this UTEP team needs coming into next year. So keep them coming. We love it. Yeah, I think a lot of people have said that the big man. They just they really want the big man in a big way. Um, let's let's keep things moving. Let's talk some storylines this week. UTEP uh, saw Shea Evans, San Diego State transfer, actually uh, join their team at practice. This was real interesting because there's still the big question mark on his eligibility. Now we're told by UTEP that they have sent over an NCAA waiver to try to clear Shea Evans and have him play as early as this season. But I've heard from uh, both sides, both Shea Evans' side and also from UTEP's side, if it takes a while and if the process drags along into February and if it it becomes a little too late uh, in terms of burning his eligibility this semester, they will not move forward with activating Shea Evans for this year and they will just wait until the next season. And for Shea Evans, I think this is awesome that he gets a chance to practice with the team for Mm -hmm. three months as they get ready for, I mean, as they continue to get ready for all these conference games and I think it's a great uh, experience for somebody like Shea Evans who is still a redshirt freshman he's only played in uh, you know 10 games for San Diego State last year didn't play in a single game this year so I, I feel like what Shea Evans brings you is knockdown scoring he has size which I was really impressed with when I got a chance to see him at practice earlier this week and uh, he's a really he's a really committed and smart guy when just by speaking with him you could tell this guy has a high basketball IQ, loves the game, is a gym rat, and he is somebody who's going to be really committed to this program. So it's encouraging for minor fans knowing that they will have Shea Evans, a wing, a six foot six guy who was a San Diego State transfer. And remember, out of high school, this guy was a top 50 small forward. So we'll see whether he's eligible this year or next year. Going to be interesting to monitor with Shea Evans. Yeah, and interestingly enough, we're saying, what do you all want to see You know, from this minor team? It could be him right there. Um, now, now, as far as the um, uh, the eligibility goes, I like that. Let's say it's not ready come February. Why even waste it for a couple months? And then also, too, not, not to sound bad or anything, but let's just say that 
the team is on a downward trend. You know what I mean? A spiral. At what point is it worth really saving uh, the season? You know what I mean? Now, let's let's say they're rolling and they need some more bodies. I mean, that could be a topic for discussion. But I really think, one, it all depends on when is, is it going to happen for him and um, what decision is he going to make. And in addition to that, where is the team at? Oh, I'm with you. And I also think at a full complement with this group, a full complement uh, with, with the Miners, I still think that they're a scary 7-8 seed in the conference tournament. I think that they could uh, you know, really, really challenge some of these teams in Conference USA. Uh, another storyline that I wanted to get to, no fans, no, not yeah. really anybody, just close friends and family out in Charlotte tonight. We're starting to see this across the country. Some stadiums and arenas are actually shutting their doors. They are not allowing any fans. We're seeing some stadiums and arenas um, have a mask mandate right now. Uh, it's just kind of the product of where we're at in terms of COVID-19. We're seeing a lot of depleted rosters across the country, too. Christian Agnew tonight still out with COVID-19 issues. Uh, he's still waiting to get those uh, those uh, consecutive negative tests so that he can rejoin the team. But he did not make the trip this weekend uh, for the Charlotte game and won't play against Old Dominion. Again, no Keontae Kennedy, as we previously mentioned mention but uh that's just something to note it's happening all across college hoops and uh it's something that we're just gonna have to deal with right now and kind of monitor which games uh get played as we've seen or which games end up getting canceled jd aziz tweets the show why can't utep get someone like a prime augustine a (laughs) 510 elite guard who could 360 dunk with either hand Oh man, exact UTEP needs an Augustine on their team. There we go. I, I that would check that off as far as things that I did not think we'd be talking about tonight. Um, <laughs> I love it. I yeah. Well, I I, I think something about that's it. the missing piece right there, my man. AP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh let's talk about some awards here on the show, and then we'll wrap things up here on Minor Talk. If anybody would like to duck in a late call, now's the time to do it at 915-880-5763. First off, with our hot hand the game. This is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. This award goes to Zarek Onyema. Six points off the bench for the Miners. Three of four uh, from the floor tonight. Also contributed with two rebounds. He had two turnovers, one assist, one block in ten minutes off the bench. Zarek Onyema has done a nice job of giving UTEP a good spark. Now he just needs to maintain uh, and, and be consistent moving forward, but he's worthy and deserving of the Hot Hand of the Game Award this is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, and you can keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty this winter with a new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is the official supplier of champion heating and cooling products. To locate your nearest champion dealer, visit a Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Sal, you good with hot hand? Uh, yeah, I like it. This is a guy who also uh, was the only minor uh, when it comes to a positive plus minus. You know what I mean? He had oh, nice point in the point in the uh, plus minus right there. He was a uh, positive eight and two other minors who weren't in the negative, but neither in the positive. Um, you know, both at zero and that was. Let me just make sure I get this correct. Uh, one of them was Keza, and another one was Bonky Marion. You know what who I mean? played so, less than four minutes who, both. Who played less than four minutes both, exactly. When it comes to Zarek, to have a plus-minus of eight in uh, ten minutes and then also reel in a pair of rebounds, um, good stuff to his credit. So uh, also a block um, and an assist. So a uh, big, big shout-out to uh, Zarek Onyema tonight. That, that's exactly right. He is our hot hand of the game award recipient. Let's move over, and now let's talk about our player of the game. 
I think he's been the player of the game for a while now. <laughs> Jamal Bienemy yet again, 21 points, 8 of 20 shooting tonight. Uh, in this game, he only had one assist, which is actually interesting for Jamal Bienemy. He had three turnovers in this one, four steals, led the Miners on the defensive end. And let me let me just preface this with uh, by saying. Jamal Bienemy did not practice this week. He tweaked his ankle on mm-hmm. Monday, and he did not practice Tuesday. He was lim- he was a limited participant all week long, and it was tough for the Miners to uh, be without him in practice, but he turns it up in the game. He heats up in the first half, 17 of his 21 points in the opening half for the Miners, and then cooled off in the second half. They they really locked down on Jamal Bienemy. They gave him a lot of tough looks, and uh, he, couldn't pick, he couldn't really pick it up in the second half the way that he uh, started off. In the first half, but nonetheless, Jamal Bienemy, player of the night, 21 points in this one, and that's brought to you by Keith Southwest. They deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made right here in the 915. You can learn more about Keith Southwest online today at KeithSW.com. Anything you want to add on Jamal Bienemy? Uh Yeah, this is a guy who's being called on to really kind of carry the load uh, for the Miners, and he's done it, you know, in recent stretch, really since uh, Keontae Kennedy has been down. A guy who I think is the best playmaker in general for the Miners, a guy who's able to get his shot going at certain points. I think that's what really uh, fans have been waiting to see. So when is that shot going to fall consistently? And... Um, you know, I don't want to say by default, but I guess maybe so uh, for for JB. He's been having to be the offensive leader uh, recently, and he's taking it on his shoulders. Now it's just a matter of how can he involve everybody else um, in that offense. And we know he has it in him. He's the best, um, you know, passer on the team, best playmaker in my opinion. But now it's time for other guys to uh, step up and, uh, you know, look for those really, really good shots instead of, I think I can make it shots. Yeah, be consistent on the offensive mm-hmm. side. Let's go to Esteban, who's joining us on the phone lines, then we'll wrap it up and talk about Old Dominion next. Esteban, good evening. How's it going? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, you hear you loud and clear. What do you think of this game? Okay, well, actually, I want to talk just in general about the UTEP team. Okay, you know, go of, for a, it. A lot of... A lot of uh, callers were talking about, well, several callers talking about, you know, changing up the team, shaking up the team. I mean, even you said they need a, what, a six foot ten bruiser? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. One? That's right. But let's say we do that. And next year we get some really good players, but then at the end of the season, where are they? They're on the portal. Okay, okay. I see you know, where you're but, going. You know, so it's, it's really, I've gotten resigned to whatever team we have in the existing year. I just enjoy, try to enjoy the games as best I can that we have because, I mean, it's there's no way we can build a, a, a consistent team because they want the kids won't stick around. I can't argue with that. I, I, I really can't. I, I would love to say, well, you, you, there are some guys who are committed because there's there's no commitment. You throw commitment out the window oh. today in, in college athletics. So, Esteban, I, right. I wish I could argue against you, but you bring up a good point. I, I feel like it's year to year for college basketball across the board. Some teams have really benefited by getting the best players in the transfer portal and getting some really high-caliber guys, and some other teams have watched as their players have been pretty much poached from other t- other schools and you know other schools who promise these players that the grass is greener on the other side which we've yeah. done we've done the numbers before players who leave UTEP it's kind of a 50-50 split between those who actually do have success and those who don't right right i mean and like for example like well the women's team the women's basketball team those those girls are committed to getting their degrees and they stick around 
I guarantee you that Katya's going to get a degree from YouTube. But the men, they're not focused on that. They're focused on getting into the NBA, and they're going to go wherever it gives them the best the best chance. So, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's but So I've, I've resigned myself to just enjoying the team that's there now and rooting on for them. But as far as building up a team that's going to go to the – the NCAA championship or even the NCAA first round, I don't think that's ever going to happen for okay. a long time. All right. Esteban, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for thanks for weighing in. Um, it's interesting he brings up the women's basketball team because I, f- I feel like you could point out some certain players like Katia Gallegos, who's a home homegrown product, but even UTEP has on the women's side yeah. has experienced a ton of turnover uh, over even just the last year. And I don't think, actually, Kevin Baker, when you're talking transfer portal, this guy is deadly in the transfer portal. He always brings in some yeah. really high-quality <laughs> talent. Uh, Teal Battle, my Mahi Petrie, uh, Adele Tack. These guys are, I mean, these players are is, really, really good. Oh, man. Is Destiny Thurman yeah, another the, one? But last year, yes, from last, from last year. Yeah, okay. Because she was on last year's team. She was just injured primarily uh, throughout the year. Okay. So that, that's another good one right there. But another transfer. And I feel like uh, I, I think it's just about timing. When Joe Golden got here, it was kind of already late in the transfer portal process. When he got here and was trying to assemble a team, I think it takes a full year to kind of instill yourself and kind of feel it out and then recruit players in. So we'll see how he does this offseason. I think that this is where we can really judge his recruiting effort and how he brings in transfer portal players. But really interesting points that Esteban brings up. Yeah, big time. I, I think there's a major uh, difference. I, I mean, granted, it is college athletic but just a little bit different when it comes to uh, women's basketball. Unfortunately, the um, the popularity is not there enough to really garnish or, or warrant a player to want to leave for anywhere else other than another school as opposed to, hey, um, the pro opportunities, I, I guess, in the public aspect is not as appealing, which I think is BS. Women's basketball deserves just as much credit and shine. Um, but there's more opportunities for the men is basically what I'm getting down to. So um, as far as Katia Gallegos goes, it is a little bit different there as well because she's from El Paso. She was part of uh, helping Baker build that foundation, that Baker-type basketball. So Although she's a product of El Paso, she's also a product, uh, when it comes to college athletics so far in her career, of Kevin Baker basketball, too. You know what I mean? So I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, but we've also seen players leave the team as well from uh, from Coach Baker. So it's kind of just a different uh, different type of game right there. But while I'm at it, 55-51, UTEP with the lead, 9-17 left in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. Wow, that's really interesting right there, Sal. Thanks for that scoring update for the women's basketball team as they take on Charlotte tonight as well at the Haskins Center. Uh, I do want to mention one more thing that Esteban brought up before we get to Old Dominion, which we'll get to in just a second. He mentioned, um, he, he talked about, hey, just be happy with what you have right there. Just just look at this team right okay. there and be happy with what they have. So this is what I'll say to that. It's kind of like the don't take Bryson Williams for granted <laughs> thing that we kept saying is, you know, Bryson Williams was on this team. He was one of the best uh, uh, players among the mid-majors, and he, he was somebody who I kept saying, don't take for granted. If you're a fan of UTEP, don't take for him for granted. I think this year you can't take for granted Jamal Bienemy and Keontae Kennedy. Uh, and be great if you're a minor fan, be grateful uh, in those two players and what they bring to the table. I feel like 
every year you have to re-recruit your players, pulling a quote from Rodney Terry, you have to re-recruit your players and you have to give them a reason to come back. So we'll, we'll see who ends up coming back after this year. I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, you know, among the yeah. Miners roster right now. Yeah, and, and also to the transfer portal um, topic, just as much as uh, UTEP is having players go into the transfer portal, uh, they're the recipients of transfer portal players as well. So you can't really be for it uh, or you can't really be against it and then be happy when a player transfers in. It's totally, you know, it kind of obliterates that idea. But that's just the way that that college basketball goes. I mean, players now are starting to have as much power, um, you know, as coaches in that sense. Why was it okay for coaches to make um, decisions that alter a program and uh, players weren't, you know? So I I think the, the playing field is starting to be leveled. Um, but I still think it's also in its infancy. We don't really know what it could look like a couple of years from now. Maybe there's some more stipulations that benefit the player or coaches. I don't know, but we're still early on in this. Let's turn the page. Let's look over to Saturday. It's Old Dominion on the road for the Miners. They are 7-8 and eight on the year. Let's talk about some of their wins and losses. They've lost this year uh, to East Carolina twice. To close out non-conference play, they lost to VCU, Richmond, and the College of Charleston. They lost three straight games before beating FIU 82-77 to open up Conference USA play. Then they had two games postponed against Florida Atlantic and at Charlotte, but then they come back home and just utterly dominate UTSA. 83-51 for the Monarchs right now. They're again they're seven and eight, two and zero in conference play, playing some good basketball, a very physical team. This is a group uh, that is led right now by CJ Keiser, uh, and he right now um, leads their team with fourteen and a half points. But they also have uh, two other players who average in double figures. And if you're if you're also counting Jalen Hunter, who averages nine point seven points per game, you're talking about four players who average in uh, double figures for the Miami. They're just trying to get a win on the road, trying to steal one on the road against the Monarchs in this one. But it's going to be an uphill battle for this UTEP squad, just based on what we saw tonight. Sal, what do you want to see out of this UTEP team? Uh, What I want to see is a certain type of grit because uh, basketball teams in the DMV area play a certain type of way, and it's not going to be a pretty type of basketball game at all. I mean, this is a team whose rivals with Virginia Commonwealth. VCU, know what we know what they do. We've heard their name a lot, and also oh, yeah. uh, the Richmond Spiders, another gritty team out there in that area. And uh, this is also a team that's really starting to find their form. Uh, you know, most recent game, of course, eighty-three points. Right before that, uh, the win against FIU, they have eighty-two points, and then in a loss to Charleston, uh, they lose by two but they put up 80 points as well you know what I mean and then right before that a pair of um, rivalry games with Richmond and VCU but nonetheless though this team is battle tested and they're going to be at home DMV is a very very tough area to play but if the Miners are able to be scrappy and and, you know kind of have that that mentality where they can make the game ugly for the other team and get those 50-50 plays, get some of those uh, buckets at the cup, be aggressive, get to the line, I think they may have a chance. We'll see, Sal. It's going to be a tough one for the Miners, but uh, we'll we'll bring it to you. 4.30 countdown to tip-off on Saturday, 5 o'clock tip-off, and then Miner Talk following the game, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. That'll do it for us tonight. For Angel Munoz, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis, saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to Miner Talk. Thanks to the Oscar Arieta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.